0: When looking at the recent developments in Jonathan Payless recruitment and how South Carolina has recruited the wide receiver position over the past couple years, the future is looking quite uncertain. You are locked on Gamecocks. Your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. There's been some concern that has started to build over the past couple of weeks regarding what has been going on with the recruiting front in South Carolina's football program and I know that just yesterday, I told everybody that for the moment, they should not be concerned. At least, not yet. And of course, when I say that, some things unfolded last night in Jonathan Paler's recruitment. And when looking at those developments, plus the recruiting overall at the wide receiver position for the 2024 cycle and the past couple of years, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks, they're heading towards an uncertain and potentially Dangerous future at the wide receiver position. Let's first of all dive into what's going on in Jonathan Paylor's recruitment. Last night, Jonathan Paylor, through multiple interviews, essentially announced that he is going to be making his commitment on August the 5th. So that is pushed back around a week or so further than where it was originally slated. As Paylor was going to commit on July 28th, just a couple weeks ago, but now plans have changed. And here's the other thing. It has been reported by some people up in Raleigh, North Carolina, that Jonathan Paylor is going to be attending NC State's cookout event on July the 28th. Why is this significant? Well, that's the same day of South Carolina's cookout event. And unless Jonathan Paylor plans on stretching himself and potentially his family quite thin in terms of travel, it doesn't seem like the Gamecocks are going to get one more chance to host Jonathan Payler unless he decides to come on a day before or after their cookout event, in which, uh, quite frankly, things are going to be dead around here. There's just not going to be a whole lot going on on the recruiting front. So, where I'm going with this is it seems like that Jonathan Taylor is going to eventually end up committing to NC State at the end of his recruitment. And this one would sting for South Carolina for a couple of different reasons. The first one being, let's be honest, losing a recruit of this caliber to NC State, no matter the circumstances, is embarrassing for South Carolina right now. And I'm not trying to take shots at NC State. I know that what I just said basically sounds like a shot. But I mean, come on. When you compare both programs right now, South Carolina is clearly in a much better position overall than NC State. And yet you're going to turn around and likely lose a kid like Jonathan Paler to the Wolfpack. And before some of you sit there and bring up the fact, well, Andrew, he's a North Carolina native, I get that. However, what's different from this recruitment compared to the ones that I brought up on yesterday's show is the fact that South Carolina on multiple occasions was named Jonathan Paler's leader by Jonathan Paler himself during this process. And now you're going to lose him seemingly at the end and have lost momentum somehow during a recruiting dead period where these kids can't even have in-person visits or contact with these coaches. Now, we went through the same exact sort of episode with Mazio Bennett this past fall. I believe he committed to Tennessee sometime in October. And I know that a lot of you be quick to say that, well, Mazio Bennett wound up decommitting and committing to South Carolina eventually later on this winter. Maybe Jonathan Paler winds up doing the same. However... I think that these two situations are very different because Mazio Bennett was from the state of South Carolina. And the thing was, when he committed to Tennessee this past fall, by that point, he had taken far more visits to South Carolina than he had to Tennessee, which was why the commitment at the time was somewhat shocking, even though, understandably, he had some concerns at the time about South Carolina's offense. Jonathan Payler, I mentioned earlier, he's from the state of North Carolina. And admittedly, the Wolfpack have drawn the most visits by a country mile compared to all the other contenders in this recruitment. So my overall point here, I just don't see things changing here with Jonathan Payler, unless NC State has like an absolute disastrous season this upcoming fall. So at the end of the day, this could mean that South Carolina has lost out on Jonathan Payler, Keelan Adams, and Parker Livingston. All three tough recruiting battles, admittedly. But at least two of the three, payler and Adams, you know that you were in a good spot for at a certain point late in the recruiting process. So, I know that since we're talking about losing out on some targets from the high school ranks, one of the first things that some of y'all are going to think is, well... Let's just go into the transfer portal. We can get some guys there. I have to be honest, I don't know if some people understand fully what the transfer portal is like, what it's supposed to be used for. You cannot just bank on being able to dip into the transfer portal every single off season and get guys at positions that you quite frankly struck out with during the high school recruiting cycle for that calendar year. You are not always going to be able to just snag a guy like an Antoine Juice Wells. That was a big win for South Carolina. Eddie Lewis was an underrated find at the wide receiver position this past cycle. No question about that. But y'all, most of the time, all these big time programs, they're going to be pursuing these kind of guys. South Carolina is not always going to be able to just say they're going to be able to land these players. And guess what? Some of you might think that the Gamecocks lost out on some of these receiver prospects I mentioned earlier because of NIL. In the transfer portal, NIL is an even bigger deal than it is for kids coming out of high school. One last thing that I want to touch on real quick. I know that there are also some people that are going to sit there and they're going to say, okay, we've lost down some kids in this recruiting cycle, fine. Sure, we can't replenish maybe all of those losses in the transfer portal. Fine. Why don't we just focus on the guys that are currently on the roster, the guys that want to be Gamecocks, and just give them a chance? I'm for giving guys a chance, but based on how recruiting has gone this season and the past two cycles of wide receiver, in my opinion, you're basically expecting a lot to go South Carolina's way in terms of player development If you're thinking this way, because at some point things are not going to always just fall in South Carolina's way. Sometimes things are actually going to go the exact opposite of which they would like for things to unfold. They're going to have some roadblocks like these transfers that they had all of a sudden after the regular season this past December. Some of them quite unexpected. They were not fully prepared for that. What if some of these guys don't develop at the wide receiver position right now? Honestly, out of the guys that are going to be here in 2024, as of this moment, I count three guys that I think can be reliable receivers for the Gamecocks this next season, not this upcoming one. One of those guys happens to be Mazio Bennett. I'll just go ahead and throw that out to put it bluntly. If South Carolina's got like three wide receivers that they can trust against SEC-level competition, that's not good enough in this conference. It will never be good enough in this conference, and it is especially not good enough if South Carolina wants to attain the levels of success that I know all of you and the majority of this fan base want to see them attain. I'm not sure if this is something with how Justin Stepp is recruiting these guys. I'm not sure if it's the overall message, the strategy, or if it's an NIL issue. I admittedly don't fully know the answer to that. But if things don't change at some point in the future, wide receiver and also running back right now, they're both trending in a bad direction in terms of the talent that you have currently on this roster. They just are. Running back is getting better, and who knows? Maybe they can seal the deal with Daniel Hill. But wide receiver at the least, y'all, it's time to start looking ahead and start asking questions. Because this position group, I'm telling you, all these veterans are going to leave this year, and then next year, some of y'all might find yourselves sitting there going, what on earth happened to this position group? I'm telling you right now, recruiting is not good enough at this spot for one reason or another. Now, I mentioned recruiting strategy just a couple moments ago, and I do have an idea in terms of maybe how South Carolina could change their recruiting strategy, a change that maybe could bring them more success in official visit season throughout the entire month of June. And I'm going to dive into what exactly I'm talking about there in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner, there's a lot of stresses that you have to deal with. You have to deal with things such as inventory when it comes to your supply. You have to deal with competition in your line of work. And most importantly, you want to make sure that you have access to the most qualified candidates looking to work in your field or sector. And if you find yourself in a position where you're struggling to find the right people, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs because it'll help you find those people that you need to add to your company. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. So if you own a bakery and you need to add another cook to your kitchen, you want somebody that can multitask and also keep track of time, not someone who's slow-paced and unorganized linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Thank you once again to all of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. If you would like to become an everydayer of this podcast, then feel free to give us a follow or subscribe both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right. Now let's talk about the recruiting strategy for South Carolina throughout the summer portions of these recruiting cycles because South Carolina, their main recruiting strategy since Shane Beamer's arrival here in Columbia has been to use that last full weekend of the month of June to get a bunch of these guys on campus, essentially get the last big official visit of the summer for those prospects and sort of leave them a lasting image, a lasting impression of what life as a South Carolina football player could end up being here in the SEC. But I think it's time to start asking the question, is having that last official visit at the end of June no longer valuable as a strategy for South Carolina? Because recent history seems to make a solid case against this strategy. When you look back at 2022 and that recruiting cycle, the Gamecocks hosted a ton of blue chip prospects in the final weekend of June on official visits. Guys like four star Titan Oscar Delp, four star cornerback Traquan Fagans, four star cornerback Chris Graves, four star wide receiver Dane Key, and four star edge rusher R. Mason Thomas. Guess what? All these prospects wound up going to a different school at the end of their recruitments. What about the 2023 recruiting cycle? Not exactly as big of a group, but still some pretty big names here. Four-star edge defender Jadavian Bradley, four-star edge defender T.J. Searcy, three-star linebacker Jaden Robinson, and three-star interior offensive lineman D.J. Geith. All of these guys went elsewhere. 2024, as of this current moment, None of the uncommitted prospects that officially visited that weekend have committed to a different school, but no commitments ended up coming out of that weekend. Nobody gave their pledge to South Carolina. And that group I'm talking about is Daniel Hill, Jonathan Palin, Dylan Stewart. Palin is leaning towards NC State, and the Gamecocks are battling Alabama and Ohio State for Daniel Hill and Dylan Stewart, respectively. So, This brings up another question. If the Gamecocks maybe should change the recruiting strategy in the month of June, then what should that change be? What should they consider doing? Well, in my opinion, the Gamecocks should consider doing what some of the best programs in college football do, which is host some of their biggest targets and leans in that class earlier in the month, try to get their commitments at that point in the month of June we got a couple of easy examples here to look at. I hate to bring it up, but the Clemson Tigers, they have an annual cookout every single year, the first weekend of June. They don't have any official visits that take place throughout the rest of the summer. All their targets come to Clemson on that weekend. And I'm not saying South Carolina should do the exact same thing, but Clemson, out of the 24 targets they hosted, they got six commitments subsequently from players in that group and that included five-star linebacker sammy brown essentially clemson closed the deal on a ton of recruitments where they were a top contender or they were in the lead for certain prospects you're not going to land all these guys but for the guys that are maybe some of the big names this is what you want to do georgia is another example they hosted 31 prospects on campus over the first two weekends of June when it came to the official visit slate this summer. They landed five of those prospects, and right now, according to some industry experts, they lead for two other prospects. This strategy is certainly one of high risk, high reward type results, especially for South Carolina, who I understand. They don't have the same stature that a Clemson or a Georgia does. But in my opinion, I mentioned it earlier, I'll reiterate it again. The Gamecocks clearly need to do something different. And right now, in recruiting, these commitment timelines are starting a lot earlier and therefore ending earlier with a lot of these blue chip prospects. So if you're Shane Beamer and this staff, In my opinion, you need to start taking your shot at the beginning of the month of June. Go ahead and take a chance on some of these guys that you feel confident that you could land. Do it before everyone else gets a chance to host them on campus and just see where things go from there. In other words, let the chips fall where they may. And look, if you want to still have your cookout at the final weekend or in the final weekend of July, That's fine and honestly seems to be working quite well for a couple of these other schools that the Gamecocks are battling for some of these prospects. So in terms of which weekend South Carolina should pick to be maybe their big official visit weekend, I'm not going to say the first weekend of June because Clemson already has a ton of prospects that come to campus. South Carolina obviously battles Clemson head to head with multiple prospects in this state and in the southeastern region. Maybe you don't even do the second weekend. That third weekend, I know, is typically Father's Day. But in my opinion, that second or third weekend of June, that needs to be your big official visit weekend. In essence, Shane Beamer in South Carolina, they can no longer just expect that getting that last official visit at the end of June is going to help them land some of these prospects. Because right now, and as we have seen the past couple years also, clearly, that strategy, it is not foolproof. It is not working for the most part. So, maybe it is time to alter some things. It's not bad to say that. Every single coaching staff, every single program that's trying to get to the top of this sport, you reach that stage at some point a couple years into your regime. And I think that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks have officially reached that point when it comes to their overall recruiting strategy in their program. Now to cap off today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, I want to continue to talk about recruiting here for South Carolina, but I want to revisit a topic and switch up the context a little bit. I've talked before on this show about what South Carolina needs to do in terms of their recruiting results in order to compete for championships. And for a lot of those shows, I have sort of done my own research, compiled some data, and sort of given y'all some estimates. Well, I found something yesterday that has sort of changed my thought process a little bit. Something that I think you'll all be intrigued by, and that is the idea of the super blue chip concept, or super blue chip ratio, and this was tweeted out yesterday by a man named Jeff Ketchum, and essentially what Jeff is trying to say here is that teams that have at least 14 super blue chip prospects, essentially five-star prospects or high-level four-star prospects and consensus elite transfers on the roster, those are the teams that have the best chance to win the national championship. And apparently since 2010, the year that Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers won the title, from that point forward, leading into present day, every previous national champion has had 14 or more Super Blue Chip prospects. So if you look at some of these examples, in 2018, the year that Clemson won their second title in the CFP era, they had 16 Super Blue Chip prospects. 2019 LSU, they had 14. 2020 Alabama had 20. And then 2021 Georgia had 23. Last year, they had 22 so i think you get where i am going with this now when it comes to four stars how do we view highly rated four stars well to keep it simple i would say that the top third of the top 400 prospects all the four stars that is a high level four star prospect so essentially the top 133 prospects that is the group of players where you want to attract the most talent. And I also applied sort of the same idea to the transfer portal. So now, relating this to South Carolina, where do the Gamecocks currently stand when it comes to Super Blue Chip prospects? Well, heading into 2023, South Carolina has three Super Blue Chip prospects currently on the roster. And those three players are Spencer Rattler, Nicholas Harper, and the third one, Some of you may or may not guess this, is Luke Doty at quarterback. Now, as of this current moment, if the Gamecocks hold on to their current commits and there's no sort of transfers that take place on the roster, in 2024, right now, the Gamecocks would have five super blue chip players. Those five would be Nicholas Harper and Luke Doty, as mentioned earlier, but also Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, and Michael Smith, as long as they do not drop in the overall rankings by the time the 2024 recruiting cycle comes to a close. And then in 2025, if you're wondering how many Super Blue Chip prospects the Gamecocks are currently pursuing in that cycle, they I mean, they're pursuing a lot. But in terms of who they're in contention for, I'd say there's seven Super Blue Chip Prospects that the Gamecocks are legitimate contenders for at this current moment in this next cycle. A group that is highlighted by currently the number one player in the country for that class in Elijah Griffin from Savannah, Georgia. So, what was the whole point of bringing this up? Well, the first point was just sort of to give you all an idea, a different idea from somebody else, of maybe where South Carolina currently stands with their roster in terms of trying to compete for a championship, trying to accumulate the talent that's necessary to win a title. And then the second point of it was to have me look at the roster and see sort of where the Gamecocks currently stand right now. And right now, South Carolina, they're about a quarter of the way there. And again, that's not a bad thing. And this is not meant to be a way for me to poke holes at Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. Some of y'all probably already feel like I've done that enough with what I did at the beginning of the show, but right now, South Carolina, as good as they have done up to this point, they've got to find a way to take the next step. And that's where some of the fans sort of need to change their mentality when it comes to recruiting. Gamecock fans cannot keep sitting here and saying, oh, well, we didn't get that kid. You know, he committed to the home state school. We can always find another kid that wants to be a Gamecock. You know, we'll get the next guy. We can't keep having this mentality with this football program. You know what's going to happen if you keep on saying that sort of thing and this scenario keeps playing out for the Gamecocks? South Carolina will never get there. We'll get five, six, seven years into Shane Beamer's tenure and some of you will be sitting there going, why haven't we taken that step? Why haven't we even competed in an SEC title game yet? Or why haven't we even made it to the college football playoff yet? That's going to include 12 teams starting in 2024. Well, a lot of the times, it comes back to this. It comes back to recruiting. And yes, development is important too. And Shea and a lot of these assistant coaches, they've proven that they get the chance to develop some of these guys. They can mold them into all SEC and in certain cases, all American players. But you cannot get away with winning a title by just developing and recruiting these days at the same exact level. You've got to recruit, for the most part, your talent, and make sure that you just develop enough of that talent on this roster. We'd have the guys that you have to, and that is how you're going to win a title. It's why Georgia runs college football right now. At the beginning, schematically especially, I don't think anyone was overly impressed with Georgia's offense. But you know what Kirby Smart kept on doing? He kept on bringing in four- and five-star talent quite literally everywhere. And again, I know that Shane Beamer's not going to be smart in terms of bringing in talent, at least not right now. I know that South Carolina's not Georgia, maybe from a historical standpoint. But we cannot keep using this as an excuse for why they can't take that next step. We can't keep doing that as people who follow this program religiously. So, anyways, that's my soapbox for today's show. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I do hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What are your thoughts on what's going on, particularly at the wide receiver position right now for South Carolina when it comes to recruiting? Do you think that I'm just blowing this whole thing out of proportion? Or do you think that we are heading into a situation where the Gamecocks are going to be in some trouble in the coming years when it comes to talent at this spot? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watched today's show on YouTube or should be direct message on Twitter at line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Cox Podcast. <laughs>